0: Simon and I'm JR. Um Matt, what did you think of Eaters of Light? Uh Eaters of Light? <laughs> it's difficult difficult to remember.
1: Eaters of Light after watching <laughs> Genesis of the Cybermen. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. As I always say, I thought I thought I think that what they've done with this season the the kind of each episode has a sort of a different feel. And you you have a break and then you have a comedy episode and then so it felt like a very kind of personal, sort of small scale, light episode. But I liked the mythology. I liked I was gonna say,
0: did you like the folkloreish stuff?
1: Yeah, not not quite as much as you might imagine. I mean I'm not I'm not
0: sort of Well, it wasn't that deep. No, no. It was kinda it was it was kind of and, a sort of surface sheen of folklore and folk also lore, my, wasn't it? my
1: my my <laughs> folklore preference tends to go to medieval rather than, rather pre, than pre, Roman pre-medieval <laughs> yeah um but it was interesting. yeah it reminded me of um and I, I mentioned this at the time the weird stone of Brisingaman, which is this this kind of children's children's novel by alan Garner, um and that's got a lot of well, Ghana, yeah yeah. yeah, 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 that mm. kind of thing. Um, so that was that was nice. It, it didn't have much weight. I didn't like the monster in it. I thought the monster was the thing that jarred for me.
0: Yeah, I think i said something similar on the podcast.
1: Mm, mm. I think if I'd kept it sort of slightly, slightly less explicit.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think if they'd would done away with the sci-fi and just kept the folklore and yeah, really gone yeah. folklore on it, yeah. Yeah, but then you can't really do that in Doctor Who, so. This, it's...
1: And I, I like the fact that you can see the writer behind it. This mm-hmm. isn't somebody trying to do, tr- trying to blend a story into today's Doctor Who. This is somebody who's got her own, her own preoccupations, her own style, and, and well, she's.
0: I'd say the monster is where she's blending it into Doctor Who, yeah, sort of, possibly, really, isn't possibly. it?
1: Possibly. I thought the the final scene jarred the Missy scene at the end tacked on. Yeah but
0: a lot of people have said that but my response to that is they've done that at the start or at the end of every single episode yeah, this year and i haven't so... enjoyed,
1: and i had, i don't think that's been i don't think that's been my favorite bit of this it feels like they it feels like they trying. they it feels like they're trying, they're, it feels like they're, t- they're telling the story of the year in like afterthoughts at well, the end of each episode not in
0: afterthoughts What's been happening is that instead of telling the year story of the year as part of the episodes, they've been telling the story of the year separate from the yes. episodes, yeah, and so that the story of the year has been distinct from the episodes,
1: yeah, and they' felt to me like afterthoughts like like they've they've sort of oh, and by the way, this is
0: also happening yeah, but which it's the other which, way round though isn't it, because the story of the year is the story of the year, it's the episodes themselves, that are the afterthoughts, well.
1: Yes, which is why it doesn't work for me because it felt it feels. Well, I'm not like, saying it doesn't it work. Feels like the main drive is now reduced to this kind of. I mean, that would be something I, I'd want to watch in retrospect. Once the actual whole year is complete, then I'll I'll think back over how they've actually got to that point and the the different points where they kind of develop that story.
0: What's been happening though is there's been so many complaints about how Stephen Moffat likes to tell the story of the year across the entire year that this year he's just made it two entirely distinct things yeah yeah and let's face it a lot of classic fans have responded to yeah. that haven't they yeah
1: but i think there's a, there's probably a middle ground that that would probably appeal to well, I, think I think he's tried works. all the middle grounds i think
2: yeah. it works in as much as their little field trips you know when he comes back to base and that's where where the stuff's ticking over mm-hmm. but i think
0: a lot this, of other programs do it but in yeah. the
1: in the instance in this particular case in this episode Going back to base mm. felt like a kind of a an add-on at the end because because this story Eaters of Light felt very sort of rounded and mm. very mm. very kind of complete. It had this sort of circular start, so it began in the present and then it ended in the present with the, the girl, mm. and then they go back to base. So it felt like it kind of felt like it kind of ruined that symmetry for me. Okay. Although I liked the scene, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying I didn't like yeah, the scene, yeah, yeah. and it was a fun scene, and it was, together. it was amusing and exciting. Mm. But, but we're talking about the we're talking about, Ronan Monroe's story, not the 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 end the end scene. And yeah. I think for me, it diminished slightly, or it sort of jarred slightly. If you're going to give a
0: score to the episode, I'd give it. Um, is it going to go? Where is it going to go? I was probably going to go
1: for seven. I, think. <laughs> I don't read like Simon a book. got it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because i you know, I liked it, but I probably wouldn't
0: wouldn't race back to watch it again. I think I gave it a seven, didn't I? Yeah. Um, now I've brought the temperature down a bit. Shall we talk about tonight's Doctor Who? Mm-hmm. did Well, I was absolutely buzzing after that. I was more buzzing than I've been. Since anything after Hell Bent, yeah,
2: Simon, um, I'm kind of left hanging. In as much as I know it's the first part of a two-parter, but I feel like I need to watch the second part to make sense of a lot of it. Really, and it felt um, I. Yeah, I don't want because, because you know what I thought up to the first, up to about half an hour through it, I thought it was utterly, utterly brilliant with some just really great clever stuff going on, and um, typ- typical and high standard of Stephen Moffat's brilliant ideas of ship one end of the ship running at a different speed than the other. All these well, brilliant Stephen ideas. Moffat's
0: son's idea. Oh, is it? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant,
2: utterly brilliant. Um, but I was kind of aware of yeah. the fan service, well, which I'm, I'm not usually aware of. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit. I'm more confused at my reaction to it than I am confused by the episode itself because I kind of I can take it all in. It's probably because I'm I'm recovering from a migraine as well.
0: That yeah, I don't count for anything. No, I had so, about
2: two hours ago, and so, I'm kind of like all a bit, whoa, brainstorming. One
1: bit of your brain is operating in a different time zone
2: to the rest of exactly, your brain. Exactly, yeah, exactly. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, as to what I make of it, I'm really not sure. I think it was
0: dark water with knobs on. So, Matt, what do you think of it? I really liked it. Mm. Um, I th- oh, you really liked it? Yeah, yeah, no, I really liked it.
1: Um... I, th- I don't think I don't think I need next week to make sense of it. I think I'm looking forward to next week because I'm hoping it's not going to, it's not going to sort of disappear down mm. down mm. rubber hole. And looking at the preview for next week, it doesn't look like it's going to. But it seemed to be. I didn't think that they were going to be able to tie up all the the, the unexplained things mm. in this episode, but they did manage to do that. The last five minutes, but I like the look of it. I mean, the look yeah. of it was just—that's oh, what stood yeah. out for me. Rachel
0: Talalay has gone, has gone full blown oh, horror, it's horror movie.
2: Saying it was for so the kind kids, kind of very
0: dark city and things like that. Trying yeah. mean, I think of a better example You, you, of the think, dark every, sc-
1: you think everything's dark city? Yeah, it's, well, yeah It's, 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 got, it's got dark, dark like, cities. Those... kind of Tim Burton. Tim Burton. It's actually very like
0: The Crow. It's, well, Alex
1: Proyas. Very like what Spare Parts is. Um, mm. In audio, so it's got that kind of 90, slight nineteen forties fifties look. Yeah, same one, thing. And one bit I really liked was the the look of the the hospital and those hospital doors, the surgery doors mm. with the pebble glass, mm. and that kind of. I suppose it's Michael Pickwoad, mm-hmm. his his influence. But that kind of look, mm. I mean, that's that adds to the story because it becomes. You know, it gets well, to, the thing about to, that is, we were
0: talking a few weeks ago, and I said, I can't remember if it was on the podcast or on Facebook or somewhere, and I said they're going to have to do something to address the fact that the Mondas Cybermen look like something out of you know fifty years ago yeah. that's been cobbled together, and the way that and he did, yeah, the way they've done it is yeah.
1: by is by turning it into part of the conversion, mm. and. Doing it slowly, really slowly, but those those kind of bandaged head monsters, the the patients, are really creepy. So by the time you actually see the final version, you've kind of you've spent time with the creepiness put into you, and, yeah. and you you can sort of see the creepiness behind the kind of a mm, and mm. also they're supposed to look like they're made in the 1960s because they're made in the 1960s. Well, yeah. This is a kind of 50s, 60s... Mm. Well, that's world. why I said it needed addressing. Yeah. But that also adds to the... Uh, that also taps into this kind of horror movie feel of it because the 60s and the 70s were the kind of the, the epicentre of British <clears throat> horror movies.
0: Yeah, I don't... I didn't get a horror... Yeah, well, I did get a horror movie vibe off it, but I got a particular kind of vibe off it, Mm. which wasn't... Well, like I say, Dark City. It felt to me more like the kind of horror movie that something like Angel Heart is. Mm. Right. Which is where you're watching it for an hour and a half before you actually realise that you're actually watching a horror movie rather than Mm. a policier or whatever. Yeah. This had the feel of something... This had the feel of something... Where you sit down to watch one thing and it just gradually creeps up on you. That mm. It's subverting all your expectations but it's not subverting them in a way that turns them on their head. It sort of compounds them by adding other levels onto the expectations that you had. Yeah. So that what you're watching is what you thought it was going to be but that's just a tiny fraction of what it is altogether. For
1: once I wish I'd I, I wish I'd done a Lee and not found out anything about it because I knew about the ship with mm. the, the different time zones and almost,
2: I wish I didn't know about that. That was a nice I wish I didn't know about John Sim. Was that was an interesting facet. The, 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 the John Sim thing, you know, obviously as soon as he appeared on screen you knew who it was.
0: Yes. And I don't know yeah. whether
2: that added some tension because you were aware as the master and you're thinking, what is he well, I think, what game is he playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: think this is the brilliant thing about it, is that it works on both those levels mm. at every point in the entire story. So if you did know about the two ends of the ship being in different time zones, you see what's happening before the Doctor explains it mm. and there's a tension there in knowing what's coming. Yeah. If you're a, well, this is the big thing. The big thing about this episode is how does it work for a fan? How does it work for a non fan? Yeah. And for a fan, mm. what you see, like Simon said, a lot of fan service. If you're a fan, what you're seeing is lots of fan service coming together mm. and things getting explained. We're about to find out <clears throat> either, presumably, or maybe we won't find out, maybe they'll leave it ambiguous, but presumably, this ship is where the population of Mondas went while Mondas was travelling around the galaxy Mm. and now they're... or where they were supposed to go. Yeah. Whatever. Or else this is the ship that they go on at the end of the 10th planet when Mondas blows up. Mm. Who knows? But either way, whether they make it explicit or not, the ship ties into what we learn in the 10th planet, right? Yeah. So or at least that's what it seems to be anyway. Yeah. Well, and that makes ten. sense. Yeah. So for a fan, you've got all these things coming at you and the anticipation of how it's going to work mm. and the anticipation of what you know you're going to see. Mm. So there's that whole thread of tension there for a fan. For a non-fan, I think watching that episode not knowing that that was going to be John Sim because yeah. For somebody who's not a fan of the classic series, you don't know that the master does disguises. Yeah. So you know John Sims turning up somewhere, but you don't know it's him straight away. Mm. And even if you guess by a certain point, I mean, the name. As soon as he starts talking to <laughs> um, Missy, right? Mm. It's like, yeah, even did, if you don't know.
1: They did kind of ram it home. Repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he he all, all but said.
0: Oh, I'm your earlier self. Mm. Before he whipped off his disguise. I think but if maybe that was it, yeah. But then again, the thing with the Cybermen is, if you're a non-fan, even if you know, say, that the Cybermen are coming in this episode, and particularly, I suppose, if you don't, but even if you do know the Cybermen are coming in this episode, you don't necessarily realise straight away that that's what's happening to Bill. Mm. Mm. Or even if you do, you don't know quite how or why or what the process is. So I think even for some... I think for fans it works in one way, but I think for non-fans it also totally works and probably even better.
1: But that's that's kind of what the the modern series tries does. to do. Yeah, that is the balance, and normally it's quite good at that. It's yeah. normally successful at balancing the fan service with the, the thing. I think, I think the, the
0: difference here is that the fan service is like really specific fan service. Mm. Yeah, whereas normally it's the fan service is quite general. Here's Davros. Yeah. But we won't really do anything about what Davros has been in the past. We'll just throw Davros in and say he's the creator of the Dalek. Well, this, and that's enough. But yeah. but here, you're actually doing an origin There story. were moments
2: where it was like, Well, was Heinz, Heinz Baked Beans in the tin. Yes. the Heinz Baked Beans are going, we're Heinz Baked Beans. The Doctor, Cyberman, turns up and he doesn't just say, it's a Cyberman. He says, it's a Mondaysian Sp- Cyberman. And, yes. And, yeah. and the Master goes... It's almost like a genesis of the Cybermen, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was literally boom in your face. And we'd already had the Doctor Who thing, which the whole Doctor Who sequence, the name thing, was effing brilliant. I thought I it loved was it. wonderful too. It yeah. was really good. Two fingers
0: was One too. in the eye for rare uh, fans who take themselves too seriously. Exactly. As well.
1: exactly yeah. I, I think yeah. the key to this to this episode is we're getting
0: through this stuff way too quickly, by the way. These are all proper talking points that we're skating right past. Sorry, Matt.
1: <laughs> it, it's, well, my, my, my comment is relating to before you got to that. Um,
0: it's You're got, doing a Lee. It's got surprises
1: in it, but it doesn't rely on surprises. So it's not something that's driven by the twist. It's no, it has got, well, got it's, that. Yeah. It's, it's got, well, it's partly creepy. because of the direction, it's got a sort of a, a, a style and a tone. Mm. Really good I
0: thought
2: it, I think I used the word classy as it was. Yeah, her, this is her why he, so classy.
0: Well, this is why it reminded me of Dark Water because with Dark Water, you know, there's going to be some big twists in the last five minutes. Mm. But the episode works anyway, in spite of the fact that that's coming up. And even if you didn't get twists, mm. even if it was just a sort of straightforward cliffhanger at the end, that episode still works because it's about not the build up of tension, but it's the build up of an unease mm. and. Speaking of which,
1: I think the way they treat the Cybermen here, so I've always had a problem with Cybermen. The, the modern, full-blown, chunky, mechanical Cybermen I don't find particularly scary. No. And I haven't really found the Cybermen scary for ages. But
0: Well, since the 10th planet.
1: Yeah, but what they do here is they kind of slowly introduce Cybermen things up until the point where it just tips into being not scary. An actual Cybermen, yeah. Yeah. So they've he's sort of stripped them back and he's slowly added things and mm. he's made them more scary by demonstrating how with the cloth face, mm. how with the boots, how with the chest unit, they can be scary incrementally. Mm. So that when you see the final Cybermen, you've got a sort of a race memory of the scary elements to it. Yeah, well, I mean, well, this if, is...
2: if, next, if the preview of next week's anything to go by, then it's we're going from a genesis of the Sidemen into an evolution of the Sidemen. And I'm imagining yeah. that the yeah. whole thing is happening within that ship with yeah. the time dilation. Yes, yeah. could be. Lovely yeah. idea. Lovely idea. Yeah. Well,
0: if... Where did, yeah, because it looks like they're going to go up to another level. Mm. Well, so
1: both, both in terms of the ship and in terms of action, it looks like they're shifting the yeah, narrative yeah. gear into action movie from... Well,
0: home. presumably if, say, I don't know, say Floor 500... I can't remember what the numbers were, but say Floor 500's the bottom one, And floor one is the top one.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Top being the one nearest to the Black hole. If they go from 500 to 50, they're so close to the top that on 500, the Cybermen can evolve into their modern phase and then follow them up. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. It's bubbling under, isn't it? Yeah. So, potentially, that's what can be happening there. Um, You said something else, then, and I was going to... Shall we... Look, there are lots of talking points, and we really are skating over all of them. So, let's go back and talk about the pre-title sequence. Okay. Because that was the thing oh, that yeah. was embargoed on the yeah, that was the thing that was embargoed on the BBC previews website version yeah. of the episode that either people didn't know about or asked not to talk about, and there'd been suggestions about what it might be, and actually somebody completely spoiled it by putting out a photo i I assume a photograph of. Capaldi standing outside the TARDIS regenerating. Somebody somewhere did that, which I avoided so I didn't see it, so I didn't know.
2: Can I just use the official <clears> word? <throat> Wanker.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You S- so, that directed at JR? I don't think he <laughs> deserved <laughs> that. <laughs> I think I, my opinion is that by embargoing that scene until the broadcast on Saturday when the way the series has been going, and particularly given the rumours that we know about Christmas, that we've heard about Christmas, but I suppose you shouldn't really count them, but the way the series has been going, it's kind of been an understanding between the programme makers and the audience that we would get to see the regeneration Mm -hmm. before the end of the series, right? Yeah. So, and given how two-part stories in the modern series work. This, to me, was a little bit like Rose doing the speech at the start of Army of Ghosts. This is the day that I die. Mm -hmm. So this episode starts off with Peter Capaldi regenerating, then we go back in time to find out how he gets to that point. Two things about that. One, I think the fact that they embargoed it on the preview made the expectations for what that scene would be that you were expecting something that would be a surprise rather than something that was just a really obvious thing to do. I mean, if you'd have asked me, how is episode 11 going to start? Five months ago, I'd have said, it would probably start with Peter Capaldi regenerating, and then we'll go back and watch the story of how we get to that point. So I thought that was a really obvious scene to put in. But what was the other thing I was going to say about that? Something else? I think you had three... Three.
1: I, make, yeah, right. just talk about what all, I've said? Now well, I well, what they are. Yeah. Sorry, you
2: do. Well, I was going to say, in the snow, we're immediately back to tenth planet, mm-hmm. aren't we? Mm, yeah, and um, Which it, type, you type suddenly realise that the the positioning of the Mondasian Cybermen in the series, right on top of the regeneration. Well, this could be with how the, it with ties the in with Christmas. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, particularly with other rumours about the Christmas episodes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, that's what I meant. Yeah. I,
1: I think I wasn't as I didn't expect. I didn't know what to expect from the the pre-title sequence. I probably, if I applied more thought to it, I could have guessed.
0: That's what but I, I mean. try to guess. It but wasn't. It wasn't such a surprise nah, that you couldn't have guessed. But I also it.
1: wasn't blown away by it. Partly because we've already had fake out regenerations. This this season, this series. Mm. So I'm kind of becoming a little bit blasé about Peter Capaldi regenerating. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure this is the the real one, because to have two fake-outs would be taking the piss.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: even so, I, I see it and I just think, oh, he's regenerating again. Well, that was going to happen because we know he's leaving. Yeah, and yeah. We've already seen a version of it in the trailer, even though it's fake we were kind of expecting to see it in this series. Hmm. But it was almost, I think, a mistake to have that fake regeneration halfway through because that kind of
0: prepared us well, for seeing this yeah. regeneration. We or, been
1: prepared for it.
0: Or alternatively, that... For, for some people, it might have said, well, OK, so now that's kind of spoiled the fact that the other one's coming along. Hmm. But then for somebody else who's thinking we're going to see a regeneration at some point in this series that one, the sort of red herring one, might have made them think, okay, maybe we're not then. Mm. So then this one would have come as a surprise. Yeah. So I think it works both Poss- ways. Possibly, as a
1: as a double bluff. But yeah. But it didn't for me. I think. Well, no, think but that's what sort of... I'm saying. I
0: think for... Yeah. But I'm thinking... But, but we're sitting here as yeah. three classic series fans who think about Doctor Who because we do a podcast yeah. on it. For members of the audience... Yes. Uh, ...who don't yeah, do those possibly. things, I think it works the other way around. But it looks very good.
1: I I simply thought I care. The, Times yeah, yeah. moved on. Times moved on. I liked the snow. Mm. I liked his final words. I, I don't. So I don't know when.
0: Well, so I'm just going to bring s- this up.
1: So either they are going to finish the whole series with well, cliffhanger? No. Well, this is what I was going to say.
0: I'm hoping now mm. that they've cast the new Doctor, kept it a secret, mm. and next week we actually get to see the who the next doctor is mm. before we go into the christmas special which they have
1: cast a new doctor
0: well we so don't know
1: but that's been i thought that's been confirmed it's by... been
0: confirmed by Ross t davis as a joke
1: was it a joke i thought he said he knew
2: who it was
0: Well, you didn't read the quote and you didn't oh, right. see a video of it okay there was a name being
2: bandied around isn't there
0: there's several names being bandied yeah. around oh, still okay. somebody said to russell t davis do you know who the new doctor is he said no i don't know who the new doctor is if they've even been cast. And then he did a stage whisper. Of course I do. Okay. Okay. And this, and so people have taken that stage whisper to mean absolutely literally that he knows A, that the new Doctor has been cast mm. and B, who that person is. But what always gets me about that is people are prepared to believe absolutely the joke he made but they will then completely discount the point-blank statement he made immediately before it with perfect seriousness. So it could have been... It could be or it it could could not, but basically you have to discount what Ross T. Davis said because he said both things.
1: But it would be nice to see the new Doctor
0: at the end of this series. Because that is the only way you're ever going to see it on screen as a surprise. Yeah. Because I think if it was... I would like to have seen it at Christmas, but I think given that there's another five months between now and Christmas, it would leak.
1: Also, they'd have to... So to to make the regeneration at the end of the Christmas episode, they'd have to finish... It would have to be the same story as these, this two-parter. Because they put a flashback at the beginning which ties it to the Cyberman story.
0: Well, no, it has to... Have,
1: well... Um, It it really... Well, otherwise otherwise it's a really odd flashback to put in or an odd place to put the flashback.
0: But you weren't here last week. Did you listen to last week's episode? No. Right, the rumour is that at the end of this series, end of of episode 12, he regenerates. Yes. And then the Christmas special is him fighting off the regeneration. Right. So what you would get to see is the Peter Capaldi regenerating into the woman that's going to take over. yes, And then, at the start of the Christmas special, you see the woman who's going to take over phasing back into Peter Capaldi. Right. Who then goes on to have one more 60-minute adventure before yes. he finally does turn into her for good. Okay, okay. That's the rumour.
1: It could work. I don't think there's going to be... Or it'd be more, fun, more fun if it phased in and out. So you got... Well, it could be. But, <laughs> but I don't the old think... And the new together.
0: But I don't think you'd have... Stephen Moffat writing for Chris Chibnall's Doctor. Mm. Although he says they have collaborated to an extent on this, Mm. but I don't think the extent of that collaboration is going to be Chris Chibnall writing lines of dialogue in Stephen Moffat's script. I think the extent of the collaboration is likely to be, if you're going to cast somebody, will you have cast them by the middle of June? Yes, I will oh, in that case, can I do this storyline that I've got my head and can I borrow that person for a day of secret filming? I think that's probably the extent of the collaboration.
1: Possibly. Either so, that or, or they do the traditional, the first story is always not quite stable character. So you get a kind of a Stephen yeah. writing a traditional regenerated Doctor and then, then Chibnall, be, yeah. And there'll yeah. be enough of a gap between the Christmas special and Chibnall's first for people to kind of, the, the average viewer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to kind of forget
0: the characterization, the and mm-hmm. they can just start as a reboot. I don't think they do that. I no. can't really see it. You may, uh, I mean, I suppose there may be a lingering element of that idea in that there may be points during the episode where Capaldi flickers and you see this woman's face and then it goes back into Capaldi again. Mm-hmm. But I can't see, I can't see the next Doctor having any kind of significant role at Christmas. Besides, I think, as you've said before, that would kind of undermine Peter Capaldi's last hour. Yes, yeah. So I think it'd be
2: quite ironic, though, wouldn't it? Because when you consider, some people thought that Matt Smith reappearing at the beginning. Oh, of, I did.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was one of those people. I thought it undermined Deep Breath. I mm. thought it undermined it quite badly. Um. But yeah, I think other things that Stephen Moffat has said have suggested that the Christmas special is going to be I don't know how to phrase this really because it's not how he phrased it but I think the Christmas special is going to be devoted to Peter Capaldi right so I can't see that level of messing around but what I could see like I say is we get a glimpse of who the new Doctor is going to be yeah. at the end of next week's episode yeah. because that's just about the only way you can get away with revealing who the new, Do- new Doctor is going to be on screen isn't it
2: oh it would be brilliant if they could yeah. <laughs> can manage that yeah,
0: Eddie did say it's going to be different this time, and that mm. would certainly fulfil that criterion as laid down.
1: you should be able to manage it. That's all. For I mean, they they hit Paul McGann for
0: Peter Capaldi.
1: No, they hit Paul McGann when he filmed his scenes. So as long as they film it on a close set, oh, I set, see what you mean. They oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, that was over um, the internet. Would
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. they just about. They almost hit. They got. They kept got... close.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was I I think if it was an actual next doctor though, yeah, even that level
2: It surprised enough people though. Certainly surprised Yeah, but it all, it's almost easier the if Paul it's Paul McGann thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but what I mean is that was Paul McGann. So that mm. was like a returning thing. Yeah. So only certain people were sharing it. If it was the new doctor, everybody would be I sharing could do it. A blue I, past
1: I, I think I think it would be easier if it was a new doctor because you wouldn't be keeping tabs on, on that particular person. individuals. So yeah, you know. bring a particular person in, almost. I mean, it's almost like
3: a, it depends where you talk. the
1: excuse of an audition, if they can audition these actors without people finding out, then they can shoot a really short scene without mm. people finding mm. out. Well, the only the tri-
0: difficulty there is, of course, you've got to get that person into the studios. Well, But you know, I mean, it depends. The back of a car under a blanket. That's how oh, they yeah, got DiCapolli yeah, yeah. to his. Well, John Sim. Nobody really realised yeah. John Sim was going to. No? Yeah, no, no. Oh no, I agree with you. They and he keep had a huge, secret. And he had a huge. I mean, John Sim was in it.
1: I'm. Well, yeah. We
0: well, but him. what I mean is, I to do it next week. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To do it at Christmas. Probably oh, not no, because no. that is no. five now, months for the now secret people to will escape. be prepared to to, to be looking yeah. for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, sub. People already would have been because knowing it was Peter Capaldi's last year, yeah. but it would intensify. Yes. Yeah. Anything else about pre-titles? Should we talk about the whole Missy as e. Doctor Who thing then? Because yeah. I think we skipped over that so quickly, and I mm-hmm. think that's worth... I really enjoyed
2: that. No, I loved it. It's and then... my favourite scene out of the whole thing. And the bit where she and says... That, that, just... I say that as a side man, I love yeah. the beginning scene. I love her. I
0: Sorry, (laughs) I was going to say what surprised me about it is because that very first minute of that or something like the first minute of that where she first comes out of the TARDIS they showed us a teaser on Twitter Mm. BBC put it out as like a teaser Mm. and I don't normally watch those things but I did because I kind of knew that was coming up and I just thought it'd be fun to see
3: Mm.
0: and that was kind of leading you to expect you were going to get sort of death in heaven wacky Missy Mm. in the episode but actually beyond that first minute she very quickly reverted to the Missy that we've had for the last couple of weeks instead
2: Mm. Mm.
0: so actually I thought that was really well done is that she comes out, she does this initial thing that lasts just a few seconds (laughs) and then very soon things went tits up and very soon everybody had to get involved in what was actually going on, I thought they did it really really well
1: Mm. I think I've never been a massive fan of Michelle Gomez's kind of take on Missy her She's got a really mannered performance, but seeing her at the end of this episode when she realises who John Sim is, mm-hmm. and seeing her performance then, it kind of makes sense of her mannered performance. You can see it as a kind of a, as a kind of a, a, a super no, a superficial sort of covering over something a lot more kind of Mm. menacing at times or possibly fragile at times as well. So that kind of, that kind of repaired the beginning. But those, those moments, those mannered moments, the moments where she's dancing and sort of swirling around.
0: There's very little of it though this week, wasn't there?
1: Yeah, but they still distract, I think they still distract me. Really? And in this, on this episode, because, because I saw her, you can see her, there's a reason for it because she starts like this, and then, as you say, she's she kind of sobers up through the story. I think it works that way. If it if you'd been like that all the way through the episode, I think she would have been sort of conflicting with
0: mm.
1: with the with the tone of the episode.
0: I also think that for once you had another plot reason for the sort of maneddness mm. because. Is the doctor saying right, you're going to go out there and be me, yeah, and so who wouldn't, in that circumstance, go out there and say, "Wow, I'm a doctor, and all this kind of stuff, Do you know yeah. what I mean yeah. so she had a a sort of secondary reason again on top, mm-hmm. so it was it was almost like because of the way she has been as a character sobered up across the course of the series, even in sort of like two minute and thirty second installments, it was mm-hmm. almost like just that couple of minutes at the start gave her an excuse to sort of go back to a little bit of what she was before. Yeah. Before it kicked in, that actually he's not sending you out as part of a game. He's sending you out to do something serious. And that's the point at which she suddenly goes, oh, there's actually something serious going on here. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that whole thing worked really well.
1: I quite like the idea that that I've just had. (laughs) I like that Mm. idea. Um, the, the idea I've had that so the the, the master, the John Sin master, must have some sort of psychic link with his future self, mm. as doctors do, because obviously that, otherwise it's just an insane classic series master plan to wait on a spaceship and hope that the Doctor will turn up. So he's obviously got some sort of control over his future self, because somehow he has to he has to lure the Doctor and. Nardal and his future self to this to this ship mm-hmm. to make the whole plot work, and if he does that, if he's got some sort of control over his future self, then that kind of makes sense of the whole the master's gone good story, because it's not just a kind of, a, of his plan, it's not just a kind of wishy washy. The master's suddenly discovered that, or Missy's suddenly discovered that she can be good and she's filled with regrets. If she's filled, if she's been secretly controlled by her previous self, then actually this could be a ruse that she's not aware of to lure the doctor
0: well, to gain the trust of the doctor. Because I don't think it's control so much as nudging.
1: Yeah, possibly. But the, but that that flip, that last the think... last shot of them both either side of of Bill, that didn't look like. Good,
0: Missy. There. Oh, that's exactly what I took from that. Really? I took it as that looked bad, like, master. Good, master. No,
1: that looked like the two masters in uh, Missy and Master in conjunction with one another as oh, a team. Yeah, that, that was sort of, that yeah, that was
0: the design of the aesthetics of the shot. But I took it to be well. People have people were suggesting about this episode that um, Johnson was actually going to be like a, a figment of her imagination, yeah, the devil tactical. on her shoulder. Yeah. Well, that's what I took from that last shot, is he's the devil on her shoulder. Sim's the devil on Bill's shoulder. Yeah. Misses the angel on Bill's yeah, shoulder. Yeah, but
1: I, don't, I, know I didn't take that from that. I saw it as being the master had won Missy back over because she, was, she, was,
2: she wasn't it was looking about, about she looking upset about it. She seemed to be so, showing a certain amount of pride. Yeah. Yeah, her, but there was a line but, of
0: dialogue but, before that that showed her showed her snubbing him.
2: Was there?
0: Yeah, and the way it was put together... Well,
2: it wouldn't be much of a cliffhanger, though, if...
0: the way, Well, the way it was put together, the idea of how the story's going to go, to me, is the first thing is that she goes over to the Master, and then as the episode progresses, she comes back to the Doctor and ends mm. the episode as the Doctor's ally rather than the Master's mm. ally, and that's the bit where... All the masters kill each other off, which was foreshadowed this week with the bit with the gun.
1: Poss- possibly, I like,
0: can't kill you because you're me, I mean, and the... you can't me- kill me because I'm you. Mm. Then they throw the gun on the floor, and you just know it sure is. Chekhov's got his name written all over that gun. That at the end of the next week's episode, they're going to end up shooting each other, but the, I mean metaphorically.
1: The other obvious obvious plot development is the master has basically killed bill and cybernized her back in the day so this and this act is designed not to not just for fun this is designed to break that trust between missy and the doctor that's what the master said that he, the doctor's going to fa- find out who who killed his companion and it's the master which is missy well Miss-
0: the master didn't
1: the master did the master Brought Missy into the operating room, lured Missy into the operating room. That was the whole point of his ploy. He wasn't protecting Missy, but uh, Master, he wasn't hadn't protecting.
0: Having created him. the events on Mondas and in the spaceship, he had gone. No, there. but he lured. In my head, he lured. But that's only in your head.
1: Well, okay. Either he lured them, or he just waited for the doctor to turn up with a companion.
0: Knowing that that's what happens. Knowing
1: that's what happens. When the Master comes up with a plan, then the Doctor turns up. But also the Master... But but when Bill is down with the the Master, he then manipulates Bill and leads her to... But so she
0: gets shot upstairs, Bill, by the blue guy, who has no idea what's gone down in the basement.
1: Well, again, that's part of... That's that's the the hole in the Master's plan. But once Bill gets down into the depths of the ship, which is where the Master's plan really begins... The master but the the master had a line of dialogue where he said this. He said I wait until something like wait until he finds out what I'd done to his companion.
0: Well yeah There's a line that's... of
1: dialogue that explicitly says I did this to Bill and that that line of dialogue means that the doctor and Missy are gonna have this kind of falling fa- out falling out,
0: yeah. Yeah, but That's I... my point.
1: So it's more about the Doctor's relationship with
0: Missy being threatened by this act. Yes, and I think that's how next week will start. Mm. And I think she'll go back to the Doctor across the course of the episode. Mm. That's, I think, the trajectory. Because you've left it, as you've just pointed out, you've left it at a point where Missy has to go to the Master.
1: Yeah.
0: So next week must start with Missy going to the Master. Yes. It's not going to be a gradual thing across the yeah. course of next Although week. Although it's, it's traditional for the do- uh, the
1: Master to go towards the Doctor by the end of stories. This is has been to mars- a very traditional series,
0: but this has been a very traditional series, and he's doing the traditional story in the least traditional way we've ever seen it done. Yeah, for real, because usually it's just a marriage of convenience. Mm-hmm. To actually do it for real has never been done in the series before. So yeah. I do
2: think the memory memory thing will be explained next week. Why well, Missy doesn't remember him? I know you said while we were watching it. Well. Timers don't remember their meetings, but the day of the doctor was explained because that was to do with history changing, wasn't it? It said, "Oh, we won't remember all this because history's They've changed. They never remembered, though. Yeah, they, they always forget. I think it was
1: explained in the day of the doctor, just as when they meet up, it kind of
2: fades. No, I the... think it was to do with it was to do with the fact that history had changed, and therefore they wouldn't remember because they, there's a whole thing about he says, "Oh, well, if I'm not going to remember this, then I'll take this opportunity to say thank you very much." Yeah, but that's what happens in The Five Doctors and The
1: Three Doctors. Yeah, I think like, li- line's slightly the, different. Isn't the line of dialogue in Day of the Doctors just John Hurt saying, I won't remember this, will I? And the other doctors saying, I'm Sure, there's a no. line earlier
2: on that says about the fact that because history's now changed, because they've changed things. Yeah, but that's so only specific
0: to that story. That's got nothing to do with the fact that they forget each other. They mm-hmm. might. I mean, he's they saying, might- I'll do this because we'll forget each other, but he's not saying we'll forget each other because I do this.
3: Okay. They
1: might cover it just with a quick... But the fact that they've already done it
0: in the day of the Doctor, which was seen by twice as many people as the next episode will be, including probably everybody who will watch the next episode, Mm. means they don't really have to do any more than they've already done. Just He actually said during that last scene, didn't he? Well, they had the whole dialogue about how she doesn't remember, and I think that's probably as far as they need to take it.
2: Okay, yeah. I don't
0: know, I... I'm not I' certainly not really expecting much more from that, if anything really. This is a Stephen Moffat story, so the second episode tends to move on from the first one anyway. We also
1: haven't had an explanation as to why the TARDIS went back from No, I was just about to bring that up. Unless it's the unless again
0: Sim. Sim. Yeah. Yeah. But the only reason... I mean, he wouldn't need to do that. He'd just be patient and wait because the Doctor travels in time, so it doesn't matter how long... Because the only reason Sim can have for doing that is in order to give the Doctor a nudge into getting Missy into the TARDIS yes. and doing this thing sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah. But as soon as he travels in time, he would have ended up on that ship, whether it was another 70 years from now or seven days from now. Mm, yeah, so, maybe. So... Basically. Really, Sim wouldn't have any reason to do that.
1: Possibly, I still, I still wonder whether there's going to be a sort of a montage sequence some point next episode where up to. Every, and you might see things from previous episodes where he's sort of manipulated or he's opened the vault to let to let uh, Missy out, or he's 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 tweaked events in the story, I, topping I through I time. don't
0: see that. Possibly,
1: I mean, I don't, I don't think it's necessary. But I think, I mean, personally, I'd be quite happy to see it as a standard master plan, which involves the master going to Runnymede and I'm waiting around for the doctor to turn up. I'm not entirely going, sure. It's going a master dress, plan, dressing as a, a scarecrow and just I waiting. Did. Well, the, the master. So the master's plan is he's worried. He said he's worried about his future. So, so that. He knows that something something's going to happen with his future, which is presumably Missy Missy being in. threatened by goodness. So the Master sort of explicitly says in that episode, "I'm worried about the future," which suggests that he does have a reason for being there. It's not just but, coincidence.
0: That- well, no, because it could be, because the sense of that you can read whatever else into you that you like, but the sense of that is. He's worried about the future because he's just seen Missy being good.
1: Yeah, I've. I've it didn't I mean he was the, worried I, about
0: that future before she turned up. I saw it means the, deliver, the delivery as being
1: more. I'm worried about the future, which is why I've converted. Done a, all this.
3: Uh,
0: yeah, supported the know. conversion I of the doctor's companion. I well, in conjunction
1: that. with what his his other dialogue, his his big thing about wait until the Doctor sees what I've done to his companion. But again, that's, that's just a, oh, this thing's happened, it's the Doctor's companion, look what I've done to him. And also, he was in, de, he was in disguise, so he was expecting, the whole point was he was expecting Bill, because he was Why? in disguise, because he looks like Mr Saxon. That's what he said when he, turned, when he took the mask off. He said, I'll look like Mr Saxon without the mask. And Bill's the only person who would remember Mr Saxon. I'm not entirely sure she would. Well, that, there's no point in him having that line of dialogue then, because no, there's that no, line of
0: dialogue is a wink to the audience.
1: No, no, no. It's about Bill. He's, yeah, he's saying if he wasn't disguised and hanging out with Bill, then she would recognise him as a as a prime minister. But Bill would have been six. Yeah, but that's that's the, that's the point of the line. There can be no other explanation for that for that line because nobody else on that ship yeah. would have. Missy? I
0: don't, yes, no no no, 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 no.
1: no, no, because he explicitly says, recognise me as a Prime Minister, not as mm. the Master. Mm. It's only Bill that would have recognised him as a... I mean, the Doctor would, but the Doctor wouldn't have recognised him as the Prime Minister, he would have recognised him as the Master. No, he, I just think he, he says, it was a wink
0: to the audience. I, it's I, not like we don't get winks to the audience like that in Doctor Who all the time, no, including no, no. at the start of this episode, no, 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 Missy that. coming out and saying, my name's Doctor Who. No, no, it's too explicit a line to be a wink to the
1: audience. It's why? directly saying that Bill would recognise me. That's what, I mean, that's the obvious explanation, isn't it? He didn't
0: say it about Bill, he said it... <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's fairly obvious to me that why would he phrase it like that? people would recognise me as a... The, he's he all but he's said... He's yeah. on
0: So? So it's a sen- it's this line that doesn't make any sense unless it's just a wink to the um, audience. No, or unless he's saying it about Bill. Unless he was expecting... But why would he be saying ex- it about Bill? If he was
1: expecting Bill to come down because that's what he planned, then he'd say
0: it about Bill. Because she would remember him as Prime Minister. I'm not sure that you're not over-complicating this...
2: No. Hey, who's in the room when he says about looking ministerial? It's only Missy Missy, there. yeah, that's Missy's what I'm saying Missy's the only one there, yeah, so it wouldn't make any sense to talk it to her
1: Well he's saying, no, he's saying, he's explaining the disguise to Missy But he explains the disguise as being to look less like the Prime Minister He doesn't want people to recognise him, anybody to recognise him as the Prime Minister The you know, only person but, in the whole story that would think Oh my god, that's the old Prime Minister, would be Bill so he's expecting oh. the doctor's human companion to come down, so that he can convert the human or okay. assist in the conversion of the human companion to drive a wedge between the doctor and Missy. Mm. I mean, this is all in dialogue. I mean, it's just it was, it's just no, there it was, on there on screen. It wasn't. It's not a huge it's not a huge leap of. It's a weird line of dialogue to just be an, a, a wink to the audience. To explain away a, a But we'd already
0: had winks to the audience earlier in the episode. And why, was he do, why would he doing the the name Doctor Who why would was he be, winks to the audience? Why
1: would he be disguised anyway if he wasn't expecting, if he wasn't planning to
0: lure people that might recognise him? Even if well, it's not yeah. Bill. Well, go back and ask the same question about Time Flight. Yes, but
1: this is modern Doctor <laughs> Who. This is, modern, Doctor this Who. is time, modern. Time Flight is rubbish. Yes, remember. This, is this is modern mo- Doctor Who. So, that's. okay, Okay. Stop. So, so stop. So there are stop. So there are stop. No, no. Let me say this explain. is
0: modern Doctor yeah. Who homaging yeah. <laughs> the classic series.
1: Yes, but there are there are bits in the old series where there are big plot holes with the Master's plan. Yes. In this series, they've homaged that by having a convoluted plan. But they've also introduced lines of dialogue that explain the disguise, that explain what also he's doing. So he's there
2: disguised for. him from the doctor as well, if the doctor was disguised. Yes,
1: yeah, so it. he must have been expecting the doctor in that, in that case. He was disguised from the beginning. There's a reason why he's disguised in yes. this, and it's explained in the dialogue. And I think it's linked to Bill because he explains it in the dialogue with reference to a prime minister.
2: I actually think it's somewhere between the two. I think so. <laughs> I, honestly do. I do. I just think well he's disguised so that people who would dis- recognize him don't recognize him but for the audience it's ministerial as a clue as to who he is. I don't think it's as I mean but he's I, I mean it's he's an issue he's by the way
1: he's disguised to preserve the twist of uh, to create a twist mm. in yeah. the master but it's explained within the story why he's disguised okay. within the show's own logic and right. within the di- and within the dialogue that's the po- the point he could have just said we didn't need that line of dialogue otherwise he could have just pulled off the mask. Mm. But also, it's it's clear that he had some sort of game plan with Bill because he he I don't was basically think it's clear
0: okay okay. I think you've got this idea in your head that you said about half an hour ago about. The whole thing is the master's plan to lure Bill. Well, that's, well, the master has plans. That's what the master does. And the and the
1: master did say, so my, my theory is based on the master saying, I was worried about my future. So, so that suggests to me that he was worried about his future. And so he's engineered something to bring his future self to him so he can somehow change his future. It's like Marty coming to the doc, coming back to the Marty, and saying something's got to be done about your future, and then taking the taking Marty to. Well, it's not like that, but it's it's the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Marty goes to the
0: doc. get my
1: point. That line of dialogue suggests more suggests to me that he is worried about his future, so he has done something. Otherwise, it's just a big. Would, otherwise, it's just a big coincidence, and I don't. That think would rely
0: needs, on him knowing what his future was.
1: I know, which is which is what we don't know. I don't think we know how he knows what he's going to be. Well, the series has never done that. But also, so Missy is in the room. Missy comes down, and she's in the room. If he doesn't know that she's she's gone good, or she's like somehow in collusion with the doctor.
0: He knows that she's in collusion with the doctor because he's just spent two years watching that on a television screen with bail in slow motion. Possibly,
1: I still, I still think it's. Well, that's not that, possible. We actually saw I still them doing that for half an hour knowing, through the episode. I still think knowing the knowing the master, a man who engineered himself into the prime ministership, a man who who's who has all of these convoluted schemes. I think this might, this must be a plan. This must be. In, um, a pre, a premeditated, premeditated act well, by him. Well, the
2: Doctor managed to run into um, the Master in Utopia.
1: Yeah, without any yeah. plan. Yeah,
2: and uh, just kind of uh, well, uh, in, in a sense, except
1: same. except the Master in Utopia, he basically existed until the universe was so small that there's nowhere else for the. So at some point. The the TARDIS would have ended up there because the universe was this pocket space. Well, only if the TARDIS had survived that long. But also, that wasn't the Master's. I don't think the Utopia. I don't think that was the Master's plan. I think no. the Master turned himself human as a last resort to try and sort of protect well, himself. What I'm saying is, the himself. Doctor
2: ended up completely out of coincidence. Yes, yes. And then I'm not saying I'm
1: not saying the Doctor doesn't end up in no. places co- coincidentally. And but then, the, but the dialogue in this episode suggests that this isn't a coincidence, that the Doctor's here. I don't know, I
0: think it's completely ambiguous. And plus, you've got to remember where the Masters come from. I mean, I'm only going In... by the dialogue, but... Well, no, you're going <laughs> by your interpretation of the dialogue. Well, there's a, the dialogue exists. <laughs> yes, but you're interpreting it. The lines of dialogue it. exist. But you're interpreting it. it.
1: I'm taking about three lines of dialogue. And interpreting it. And them. that's like three points on the graph. And that suggests to me... Yes, suggest it's to you.
0: Well, that's what we do. Yes, okay. So you've made your suggestion so, and okay. I've said so I don't d- see d- it.
1: D- you think it's a complete coincidence. No, I don't
0: think it's a complete coincidence. I so just don't have, think... So if it's not a complete coincidence, you think what? No, there is somewhere in between it being a complete coincidence and every okay, single so thing being part of the plan. So
1: it's either... It's either does the Master have a plan,
0: or is it just the Master has no plan? No, the Master makes up his plan as he goes along, which yes. is what you've just said about what comes out of Utopia. Right. So in Utopia, he starts off um, from the point of the regeneration with no plan because he doesn't even know he's the Master. Mm-hmm. And the whole of the sound of drums and Last of the Time Lords is a plan he makes up as he goes along because he's only just found out he's the Master again. Yeah, And then at the end of Last of the Time Lords he dies and then he's reborn in the end of time through potions Mm -hmm. and he's reborn wrong so that he's not even completely the master anymore. He's like this mad version of the, this mad skittish version of the master who can't even make up plans, who just does whatever and misappropriates this machine and turns everybody on the whole planet into the master. And that's it. That's the sum total of his plan for want yeah. of a better word in that one. Yeah. And that's the master we've got now, because well, there is nowhere in between. his plan was to bring Gallifrey back,
1: wasn't it? In um, in the end of time.
0: With the machine? Yeah. You know, it's not really a plan, that's just a... Uh, that's an intention, rather Wait. than a plan. Okay, okay. I don't know, but the point I'm making is... Yeah. He's born in... The last five minutes of Utopia. Yes. And he dies at the end of Last of the Time Lords. Yes. And that's the Master. And then in the end of time, he's a wrong version of the Master. Right. Mm. And this happens after end of time, right? Right. Oh I actually I haven't I haven't thought about where it happens in It has say, to happen after the end of time because he dies at the end of I mean, last I'm of the time Lords of, and is born a, again at the start I'm of kind the end of of
1: time a, I'm a kind of assuming that end of time happened long ago long enough ago for it not to really matter where in John Johnson's timeline or where where he's come from it has to happen after he's met Mr Saxon so yeah I guess I guess he's he ends up on Gallifrey trapped in Gallifrey at the end of the end of time and now Gallifrey's back, then he must have escaped
0: from Gallifrey. Yeah. Okay.
2: Obviously, he restored himself to full yeah. working time order.
0: Yeah. Well, we think so. We, think we don't so. know what's going to happen next no, week because no, we've only had a few seconds of him this week. Mm. Yeah. So I, I'm just saying that dialogue was ambiguous enough that I would think it ill advised. To work out entirely what you think he's doing from a few lines of dialogue. Right. Because we don't know what the master is yet. Okay. Because the last time we saw him, he wasn't really the master as we know him. Okay. <laughs> I still think it's...
1: Well, okay. It's, that's... I, I, I thought it was quite clear from the, from the story that
0: that's what the master was doing. But you also said a few weeks ago that you thought it was quite clear that Missy was only pretending to be good. Well, yeah,
1: and I still think that's possible. I still think it can be ambiguous. But now it's. A few
0: weeks ago it was quite clear, and now it's only just. I still think that's possible.
1: Yeah. Well, no, I didn't No, no, I wasn't. I said a few weeks ago that it was. um, Let's not start that. I said it was ambiguous. (laughs) The way it was performed in that final thing, I thought it was ambiguous. I didn't say it was unlikely. She'd no, you be didn't good. say
0: it was ambiguous. Yes,
1: I did because you said it's not ambiguous. It's, yes, she's good in that in that scene, and I said it was unclear. But you
0: entirely missed the point. Well, I was it was making. unclear.
1: No, well, or you didn't understand the point I was making.
0: As no, so I understood the point you were making that it
1: was ambiguous in that scene whether she was she was the character was actually good or bad. But we're just. Raking over the yes, the but I didn't opens.
0: say it wasn't. Missy
1: is in a scene where, where she's, where the actress is playing Missy as a good person, and mm. that's what right. I said. My point is, Missy as a character that doesn't necessarily mean Missy as a character is definitely good. That cre- no, that means there's still an there's interpretation still ambigu- you bring ambiguous. to the scene.
0: And my ambiguity. point was in the scene she's playing it as a good person. Right.
1: Yeah but i'm talking about the character and not the performance in this in this sense i still think it's ambiguous whether missy is good or not at the moment
3: okay
2: i think she's trying to be good do you think that in the I mean, I think it's possible that she's trying to be good. Mm. I don't think there's a story unless she's not.
0: No. And we've just spent. Well, there is a twenty minutes talking about she goes back to the master, she goes back to the, the doctor. Of course, there's a story if she's pretending
1: not to be good because that becomes the twist that actually she's she's been concealing her goodness. But it's, uh, it's only because you've you're assuming that the story arc is from Missy turning good and then this fight between her bad self and the good self. The story arc but, but, could be Missy appearing to turn, be turned good, but actually turning out to be bad all the time and just controlling the doctor's emotions. Like Davros in, in the, the eye opening bit. That could but be, burst, that could be the story. Burst. I think, I no, don't that's think it's story I don't, though, because John Sims there as well. Well, yes, but as I said, that last scene seemed to me to be the two masters in collusion together.
0: You thought that last scene in tonight's episode was the two masters in collusion?
1: which is why I said... Even though she doesn't recognise him,
0: and it's the only two of them in the scene. The two masters either side of Bill, it looked like they were in collusion. But the last scene in this episode tonight, where John Sim in disguise comes up to Missy... That wasn't the last scene of the... Tonight. The last
1: scene was the two masters either side of... That scene...
0: No, that was the last shot in the next time So when John
1: Sim is in disguise, Missy doesn't recognise him, and doesn't realise it's... It's her her earlier self. Once she does... But that then scene makes it clear in, that they're not in collusion, right? Not in collusion before the last... And my point is not that they've been in collusion, but that they're in collusion by the end of the episode in that last scene, which is them either side of Bill. I'm not saying they were in collusion all the time because, as you say, Missy and the Master are in the same room and Missy doesn't recognise the Master. I'm saying that last scene of them both either side of Bill, a sidewise Bill, they seem to me like there's the potential that they are in collusion then, that Missy is bad and the master is bad.
0: So explain to me the dynamics of the scene where he's in disguise just before that, where she doesn't recognise him, if she's a bad master, just pretending to be a good master. There's nobody know. else in that room but the two of them.
1: I don't know. I don't know what she's
0: doing on the computer.
1: But we don't know if she's pretending to I'm saying that that there's still a possibility that she's just pretending to be good. We don't know what she's doing on that computer. We don't know what 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 her long game, if she's playing a long game, is if she's luring the doctor. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying there's a possibility
2: of it. It's a possibility, I think it's unlikely. I think I think she's pliable, which is why it looks like she's kind of working with yeah, the and master. the
0: tragedy of the story will be that he does test her out too early, mm. and she's not good enough not to
2: be tempted back. Do we mm. think that's, that's it true. for Bill? Well, I mean, yeah. It's hard to see how it isn't, to be honest. It's the, well, it's, it's a, a shame. shame. It's, it was kind of foreshadowed with Danny Pink. Yeah, I aspects, thought that. isn't it? I thought that. That's, kind of two, gates.
0: that's an, another companion cybernized. Well, this yeah. is Stephen Moffat going back to a theme he's used before and doing something different with it. Mm, yeah, except not really different. He's. Well, we don't know just... what he's doing with it yet. Okay. With Danny Pink, Danny Pink saved the world by mm. being the best soldier there was even after death.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't think Bill's going to save the world by being the yeah. best soldier even after death, especially as it's Mondas. And, the, and, especially and it, as does, it does fall into the category of, we'll have to
1: find out next week, but... Within this episode, as a ho- as a standalone, we've just watched this episode, so we treat it as a sort of a a, a total individual episode. Mm. Then it does jar slightly because we've got the memory of what happened to Danny Pink. It might oh, it might I be right. rescued. It might be rescued next week, but it will be a rescue from that. I don't think unless unless unless, at all. unless
2: unless we get that little neat tying up with the the pilot. That, was it you talked about, Joe? That we if she ends yeah. up, Bill ends up with the girl who's Star Girl. Star because mm-hmm. in, in cyberspace they probably could be together now. So
0: how are we with the the Bill is Susan? Well, thing? that's how she gets out of the Cyberman costume, isn't it? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> opens a pocket watch and she regenerates.
2: Oh, what like in a story in them? Um, anyway, yeah, I'm not saying anything like that. Sorry, <laughs> nothing. <clears throat> no, okay.
0: a <clears throat> that's how she gets out of it, isn't it? They open a pocket watch, she regenerates, she's no longer a Cyberman. Yeah. There's enough human left in there. We saw her eye through the... As to why she didn't regenerate when she had end. a hole
2: in her chest, I'm not sure.
0: Because at that point, she's still under the chameleon arch, so Oh she's yeah, human. yeah, of course she is,
2: she's still human, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: you've got to open the pocket watch first before she can regenerate. Yeah. Yes. I, I should know, that <laughs> I don't cause think that's all no. in my story as well. But <clears throat> anyway, I didn't say Well, that. it's in Utopia. Yeah. So it's precedented on screen.
2: Yeah, but it obviously,
0: yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I don't. Think yeah, but this obviously, is, it's probably unlikely. But, but I've never nervous. said it's likely. I'm just saying Yana hasn't
2: got a hole in his chest before he changes back into a time warp. That's true. Oh, yes, no, but, but he's physically changed. But, but the chameleon, oh, yeah, the yeah.
0: pocket watch has been opened. Yeah, yeah. is the but important is point. It's a bit of a rabbit hole. Oh yeah, I'm just saying if it yeah. if it needs to happen, there's still ways it can happen. Okay. If, it's, if that's where this series has been going, then nothing that we've seen tonight stops it from happening, <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs> Look, at some point next week,
3: yeah.
0: Bill's coming out of that Cyberman costume, right? She's the companion for the series. We are not going to get to the end of the final episode of this series, and she's been in a Cyberman costume for the entire episode. At some point next week, she's mm. coming out of that costume. I hope so, because I like her. Yeah. Still, that's... <laughs> That's my main drive. In
1: terms of story, I don't think. In terms of the story, I kind of hope she doesn't because it's a really dramatic. If it had been the companion, I liked less. Well, I don't know. I'm convicted.
0: You've got to remember because also. I really
1: liked her, so it, I was quite upset when she was cybernized. Yeah, but I'd be slightly let down by the story if they just save her life. I quite like the tragedy of her
2: cybernization. Well, but I, I really want to stays, see more of her. If she's really like Cyberman, a, man, that's the Danny Pink thing over again. Because there was no saving him; he was no, and he died yeah. at the end, yeah, or yeah. whatever
0: at the end. Mm. And with Clara, regardless of what some people think, they don't save her; she it's, still it's, dies. She's a zombie. Mm. Yeah, she's a well, she's essentially a vampire, really, isn't she? I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Limbo. So I. You can't predict what it'll be. I suppose if you tore apart every line in the script, the clues would all be there. But some point next week, she's coming out of that costume. And I think it will be sooner rather than later, because I don't think they're going to have her spend 50 of the 60 minutes in the costume and then only 10 out of it. I think it's more likely to,
2: I don't know, I don't, You know, throw yeah, you know, random figures don't know, how 20 much, how minutes how in the costume you know, and 40 out. We also out. don't know how human she is. She could still be... Um... Time Lord. Yeah, she could be. Or they could just take that thing off her head and she'll be back to how she was. I assume and it's... Prior dead. to that, she'll still have no heart, yeah. but... Uh...
0: Again, themes in Stephen Moffat's work. This is what happened to mm. Clara. This is, you know, how he does it. So, I don't know, I just can't... I can't see her being in the Cyberman costume for the whole episode next week. I mean...
1: I like John Sim. he's really good, I've always liked John Sim. and he has a really
0: good time. <laughs> I think <laughs> he's it. a great actor, I think he was relishing playing the yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Jewish guy or yeah, whatever. We'll still say. Yeah, yeah,
1: there
0: was a bit of a sort of Fagin,
1: sort of Eastern European accent to yeah, him. It was It reminded me a bit of those Neil Gaiman characters from The Doctor's Wife. That oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I thought his disguise worked quite well. If I wasn't, if ex- Expect- we weren't expecting John it's, Sim. it's certainly better than some of Anthony Andrews, <laughs> all of Anthony Andrews' disguises. It e- was more more along the lines of Castrovalva than along the lines of uh, time, time, time Flies or um,
2: or uh, King's Demons, I think.
1: And he he
2: plays it really un I thought, John I think like, based on Watto in uh, Phantom Menace, right? Well, he reminded yeah, me of yeah. um... well, that's
0: yeah. I said this while we were watching it. It reminded me of, um, I can't remember the actor's name in Eyes Wide Shut. Right. Um, Oh, God, it's right on the tip of my tongue. No, it's not coming Mm. to me. You know who I mean? No. Oh, okay, the the guy in the shop. I've only seen it once. All right, there's a guy in the shop. He's quite a well-known actor, actually, and he certainly was at the time. Mm. And it was surprising. Well, I thought when I watched Eyes Wide Shut, it was surprising how short a scene he had. Because he was only in it for five minutes. Right. But yeah, he is. it was very, very similar to that. Okay. Okay. Which wasn't Jewish, but was yes. Eastern European. Yeah. yeah. So I just took it that Johnson was going for Eastern European. And anything that seemed Watto... Is that right? Watto? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So anything that seemed Watto... Rishikham. Actually. Yeah, I think that was more what you were bringing to watching his performance yeah. rather than. What was, um, no, no,
1: no. was the insecty flying thing? Yeah, yeah, which yeah. was
0: accused of being a Jewish, being stereotype. anti-Semitic. Yeah,
1: because it was <laughs> because it was. <laughs> yeah, because it's directly drawing from basically Fagin, which is mm. anti-Semitic, and that yeah. Um, it's, you didn't it's really like, get
0: that with Sim because the character he's playing in this isn't no, no, no. that sort of. Actually I thought his performance as well, guess... that
2: character was better than when he was the master. I always find oh, his I've... I always find his master kind of he over articulates oh. on his Because you know yes. he's got a Manchester accent. Yeah. He almost wish he still had I've his, always
1: liked it. I've always liked his performance. I, I, I love him in everything, but yeah.
2: it's the master he just find, it sounds in, like he's somebody pretending to be Yeah.
1: In a way in a way the Fagan thing, the Fagan Par- parallel does work. Because he's he has got that sort of he's got that kind of so the whole point of Fagin is Fagin's a villain but also he looks after his yeah, yeah children yeah. or Bill in this yeah, case yeah. so you never quite can trust Fagin but he's also lovable at the same time so well you can't, can't trust him to be one thing or the yeah, other yeah so and that's exactly what what Sim's master is in this you kind of. And he plays it really well because he you, well. you do kind of trust trust this character.
0: Well, we spotted him for Sim straight away, right? Yeah, yeah. But after about another fifteen minutes, we were all kind of rooting for him, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it yeah. worked <laughs> mainly
1: because he's, he was really funny as well. He had that like. I, yeah, didn't this is the first the first time Stephen Moffat's written for John Simms' master. And it makes me want to see more of Stephen Moffat writing for John Sims. Master, I have got sixty minutes of it yeah. next week. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: that's quite exciting. There's quite some latex he's got on though. There, there isn't it? That must last years. Obviously.
0: Yes. Oh, he's There's, pulling off the disguise was so Sea Devils meets Time Flight. Yeah. <laughs> or that sort of Mission Impossible kind. Yeah, of
1: yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. But then,
2: especially like, special oh my time god, world, that's been I mean, smarting for the last two
1: years. I mean, not, the master has this kind, of, this kind of, yeah, this kind of ability to, to disguise himself. Mm. And I liked the when, when he wore a mask as well, so that people wouldn't recognise him. He had, like a, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It
0: was really good. Oh, God, the disguise on top of the disguise. Yes, that was yes. just hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And his line when he takes it off, what was he? He just says something like, too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, The city. Yeah, that's a, some really well, the special effects. In there the is episode. something
2: significant about that number, wasn't there? Ten fifty-five
0: was it? Ten fifty-six. Ten fifty-six. That was a
2: floor. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't there something significant about that number?
0: Don't know. I'm, I'm not, not trying to read that, something that, into that. it. I just no, no, I, I saw no the number and thought, number oh, hang on,
2: that's a bit. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I think that was just trying to drive the point home how far away from the doctor at the other end it was, four hundred okay, miles. But also
1: reminding you that it's not a city after all. There's a constant reminder that this is a metal sky. And again, that's directly from spare parts. So that's lifted from spare parts, because the whole point of spare parts is they materialise in a city that they think is a city, but it's actually underneath underneath underground. So there's a huge metal sky above them. Mm. And the city is slowly increasing pollution and getting colder because the planet's slowly moving away from any kind of warmth, so it's slowly freezing. So they're kind of they're kind of this is why I don't mind if they're connected with the tenth planet or not, because they're kind of rewriting an origin story for the for the Cybermen. But in a modern way. It's a modern twist. And I kind of like that. Is this in any
0: way a remake? Not a remake, but not even an adaptation, but Rise would you say this has inspiration from spare parts?
1: Oh, huge Definitely. inspiration,
2: yeah. Stylistically, yeah. I would...
0: So still, when I said that yeah. six months ago and everybody poo-pooed what I was saying, <laughs> they were wrong to do so, right?
2: I think it would be disrespectful to not take something from it, don't you think?
0: There was no actual credit at the end, though, was there? No. Because no. they did that with... They did um, that
1: with Rise of the Cycleman. Yeah. Um, but this was better than Rise
0: of the... As an origin story oh, for God, the Cybermen. Yeah. Mm. This was much, much
1: more stylish and
0: effectively done. Mm. It's like some... It's like at the midpoint between it being a remake of... Or an adaptation of Rise of the Cybermen, Spare Parts, and Dark Water. Because mm. essentially Dark Water is another origins for the Cybermen story, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of the midway point between those three things.
2: Do you it be a backwards echo with Dark Water, the fact that Master's got some kind of affinity with the Cybermen because of this? Possibly. Big... It's interesting, isn't
0: it? Yeah, and even if it's not there explicitly, it's kind of a, maybe an implicit thing. Mm. Maybe that's why Missy does what she does and I don't think you'd have to, I don't think you'd be able to put that in a line of dialogue then, because technically for the Master, Dark Water comes afterwards.
1: I also think this
0: is But yeah, as an explanation of it. This
1: is the final confirmation that the Cybermen aren't a race of monsters. They're a state of being when humanity's left in crisis for long enough, then they turn into Cybermen. So this is where the original series didn't quite, this is where David Banks' Cyberman book wasn't needed because there's no, there's no reason to connect all the Cybermen stories together. It's just Rise of the Cybermen is... I've never believed the Cybermen were evil. No, not not evil, but a, a consistent... They, they're not a race of monsters. So what Matt's no. saying is
0: you leave you've them. got so many different origin stories for the Cybermen now, it's just our next phase of evolution, really. Mm. Well, yeah, and things and, get messed up for us, we turn into Cybermen. And also what I'm saying regardless.
1: is they're, they're the one monster, they're the one type of monster that you can have multiple origin stories because you just put... Humanity into Into crisis,
2: and this is what they naturally do. It kind of links in with the piece below—the whole idea of forgetting. You know, yeah,
0: yes, yeah. It's the best story about what the Cybermen are. Full stop. I don't think any of the Tenth Planet, as I pointed out many times recently, starts after the Cybermen have been turned into Cybermen. Mm Every other story starts after the Cybermen have been turned into Cybermen. Mm. Attack of the Cybermen only throws stuff in in order to be gruesome. Yeah. doesn't really... It's not really a theme of the story. Um, the only two
2: times... Tar- you think about Age of, Age of Steel where you've got the, uh, the woman who's supposed to be getting married and that. You know, it's enforced on her.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and a lot of that stuff just seems thrown in to say, oh, they're not really just robots. Mm. But actually... First time we see them, they're already robots. They're already changed. The mm. only two times before this where we've seen anything different was Dark Water, which I think works really well, except they're not Cybermen. They're wearing, you know, they're wearing Cyberman designs, but they're not the race of Cybermen. They're Missy's recreation of the Cybermen. Mm. And closing time, where we actually see emotions mm. being the weapon you use to fight the Cybermen. But again, although that's about Taking people out of the um, shop and converting them, and we mm. see it with Craig. Craig's the only one we see it with. So
2: I wonder why the decision to give them those flesh coloured gloves. Sorry, it's a I was threat. just going
0: to finish by saying so it's not as substantial in closing time. This is no. the first time we've seen it substantially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know.
2: I, don't, I think that takes something away from it. I think the really? human
0: hands was a real. I couldn't. You, you could barely even tell, actually
1: it also it also maintains maintains the surprise about bill being bill
2: oh I because, see because yeah. we're
1: we're all affected we're all under the surface racists, yes, so if we see see bill's hands exposed, we would guess that it was Bill, and we wouldn't imagine that. No, People but of it's colour quite darkly lit, so you might not have noticed. No, so but that's, a, that's yeah, one yeah, effect. The, but also, I quite like them. I quite like the the sort of the hand reaching towards her. Yeah, looked more creepy because you couldn't quite tell if it's you can't quite tell if it's flesh or glove. Glove, it's, yeah. it's flesh-colored glove. It's it's just a bit weird. Well, the eye and,
0: and the, the tear was lovely. Yeah, sorry. What was lovely? The with
2: the tear. Was yeah, oh, God, well. yeah. Really nicely done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um I was It's slightly gonna say... irritating. I can't say why. Maybe in a few months I can say why, but it's very irritating for me. <sighs> because,
0: because it's... Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll it. um, I was just <laughs> going to say one more thing about the gloves, but the, throughout the story has been about the accumulation of all these different medical things to turn a person into a Cyberman. Mm. And I suppose the gloves... Surgical gloves, almost, or mm-hmm. whatever is another step. So, I don't yeah, know, maybe yeah. just the thinking was it feels more natural well, in s- this story to have gloves than not. We well, mm. also
1: said it yourself, they surgical gloves. So, there's a lot of kind of medical horror in this. Mm. So, Talaloe, Rachel Talaloe's gone for well, the designer. Things like coma. There's, and- so, yeah, medical horror you can do in Doctor Who because it doesn't necessarily have to be Visceral. It doesn't necessarily have to be explicit. You put like, and they've done it before. Well, the underwater Power of menace and the Power but... of Three as well. With the the mask mm. Mm. and the the surgeon and the deadly assassin. There's something naturally frightening about hospitals and about the accoutrement of hospitals and surgical gloves are one of those things. They're half exciting, half frightening.
2: The voices were quite nice, a nice hybrid, as oh, well, yeah, weren't they, between yeah. the original and. Yeah, because they did one whether they were doing... Well, they did at the end, almost.
0: Mm. Yeah. Earlier, they were sort of... They were sort of almost edging delete, delete. in that direction, yeah. but just... They weren't doing the sing-song bit, but they were doing the... Um, they are sort of doing the effect without the sing-song delivery. Yeah. And then come the end of the episode, you suddenly got a hint of the sing-song delivery and it all sort of fell into place. Mm. So, yeah... Because oh, that, that was one thing that I saw so many people asking for on social media. I hope they do the voices. And it was <laughs> like, I know I was thinking the whole time that's not the most important thing. No. And you couldn't do the voices exactly as they were because they're just unintelligible. Mm. So to find a halfway house where you can actually hear what they're saying, but you're still
2: homaging
0: what the voice. It was nice were. as
2: well because they didn't do they literally uh, in the mouth in order to speak. they didn't mean to. It was just it just came out. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Anything more, or do you want to give it a score?
2: I'd like to see what the tie, what the typewriter had on it. Was it specific words on each key? Must have been. Sorry, the, were there was obviously so, one button that yeah. did pain.
0: Oh God! Yeah, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what the hell you were talking about for a minute. That's a bit. That's a bit depressing. They gave him a button depressing. Depressing. The, the, yeah. that said pain. There's one that says
1: "kill me." One that says "pain."
2: <laughs> you wouldn't and one want. That says, you is it Christmas it yet? Yeah, <laughs> you He's wouldn't
1: not want really to call that. <laughs> another one that says that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, another one that says "I'm all right."
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. that I've guy in the next go, bed's annoying me. me. Yeah. <laughs> there were a yeah. lot of familiar no, things from Moffat, going back as far as the Empty Child, where all the gas mask. People in the hospital beds yeah. at either side of the room sit up and look across to the person who's just come in the doorway. Mm-hmm. We had a repeat of that. You know, if you wanted to go to town on saying, "Oh, it's just Moffat doing Moffat," you could. Well, it's Moffat but doing horror movies, doing Moffat.
1: That's
2: the, uh, that's the well. That's where he came in, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, with yeah, the yeah.
0: empty child. Mm-hmm. So I love the
2: design work as well. The uh, the clock. Yes, all, I know it was night yeah. for 1950s and that, mm. but... Uh, was...
0: Well, Picquo doing A Christmas Carol, where he came in, that was his first episode on the series, mm. and this was different, but had a lot of sort of similar influences. Mm. It's kind of a... It's kind of a... I don't know, for want of a better word, it's not the word I want, but it was kind of a steampunky 50s, and that's kind of what you had with A Christmas Carol, sort of... Mm, yeah. Sort of a sort of Jules Verne... Meets um, sort of uh, film noirs, sort of smog yeah. punk.
3: Mm.
2: The way bit one flew over the cookies nest as well with the mm. head nurse. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That was more delicatessen, not in so, terms of it being a nurse, mm. but in terms of the characterization, it was very Caro and I thought.
2: I was waiting for one of the side men to go, we are all writers.
0: In fact, have you ever seen um, City of the Lost Children?
2: No, I haven't yet. I keep going to.
0: This and that mm. very much share an aesthetic. You've seen that, surely. No? Oh, right. No. Well, that's everybody's homework. For I'm next not a, week.
1: Well, I'm not a massive fan of Delicatessen, so I haven't
0: I haven't progressed onto. Oh,
3: right.
0: City of Lost Children's worth looking at because it's got a lot more going on than yeah. Delicatessen. Mm. Delicatessen's like a short movie by comparison, although they're both the same length. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of depth and detail, texture and things. Mm -hmm. Right, Simon, give it a score.
2: Oh, bloody hell. I I was saying to Matt just before we came up to to record that I I, I don't think I've ever known a two-part episode that needs its second part more. For me... (sighs) Score
0: on how much you enjoyed it.
2: Oh God, then it's an eight. Mm-hmm.
0: So
1: Matt. I didn't go for a ten. You're going for a ten Yeah, there's nothing I didn't like about it and I i kind of want to watch it again. <laughs> so that's that's a pretty good mark of, <laughs> of a good Doctor Who story for me. i go for a ten. Yeah. Right. Can't think, I can't think of anything I, I, I'm really looking forward to the next part Do you know what, if
2: my synapses were firing off as as well as they should be, then I might have felt differently You it's... need cybernising I do need cybernising <laughs> In terms of Stephen Moffat's
0: two-parters most of them I've really enjoyed the first episode but I haven't felt quite fulfilled by it no. and the second part has fulfilled it, has, has done the fulfilling even though often the second part's been completely different But with this one, I felt completely fulfilled with that. For me, my fear is, with Stephen
1: Moffat's two-parters, the first part I've really enjoyed, the second part I've enjoyed slightly less... And haven't, hasn't quite given me a sense of
0: completion. I don't think there's been one where I haven't enjoyed the second part just, more than the first.
2: This just yeah. felt like a build-up for a big second yeah. part. For yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, and, and looking at the next... That before. As you, you say, the next time. usually they, they can be treated as two separate entities, but yeah. I felt like this is a build-up to whatever's going to happen next week. And looking in, at the next part, it looks as though it's not going to be a slow... a, a
1: slow build-up to another slow build-up. It looks as though they're going down the full action movie. Is mm. there
0: a... Mm. TV series of recent years that's set in a colony on a spaceship where there are, or is this just in my head? I've got this idea in my head where there's this sort of superstructure in space where there are these giant domes, like Mm. hundreds of miles across, Mm. and there are seven not seven, several clustered around a central sort of wheel in space type thing so that these giant domes come off it. And I have a feeling in my head, there's a TV programme where you get in a regular story about regular people in what you think is a regular place. And at the end of the first episode, they discover they're actually in space under an artificial dome. But because it's so huge, it appears to have a natural sky.
2: I don't know. Visually, I'm thinking Silent Running. But no, I yeah, think I about Silent Island Running. Silent Running The
0: Truman Show. Mm, mm. I don't know. That's just in my head. But that's to me what it looks like next week's is going to be. Okay. Because it might be in two or three different locations, each on the. Oh, them but floors. they showed
1: that they showed that in this episode, didn't they? Yeah, because yeah, they yeah. Panned through the different floors, and you saw the different landscapes yeah. and climates.
0: So but each, what I mean is, each
1: floor has its own life. Oh, but
0: in my thinking about this TV program is that when they discover. That they're in this giant dome. Mm. Then the rest of the story across that series is that they find where the end of the dome is, and they yeah. come through the wheel and end up in a different. And it's a bit like the War Games, I suppose. Mm. And my thinking about next week's episode in this is that there's going to be a certain amount of juggling the floors. It's,
1: it's going to be it's going to be a fight up through the floors because the control yeah. the controls as they said right are at the, the, top. the top of the ship. So it's going to be a fight to get to the controls. It's hardest. And the TARDIS. Yeah. And the Doctor, presu- I mean, presumably the the climax would be going through into the black hole and blowing the whole thing up with people
0: escaping. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. Yeah. That's the an obvious answer. I mean, it's hovering over a black hole. It's... Yes. For the It's kind of how he ended um, the Angel 2-parter in Series 5. Yeah. yeah. Essentially. Mm-hmm.
2: If next next they're gonna we're gonna see these version various versions of Cybermen, then somewhere along the line, the Earth Shock Cybermen are gonna be in there in the lower <laughs> thought, lower that'd deck, be so. nice.
1: I think they'd be harder to make look good. We cannot find the lift. In in some ways they're more dated than the tenth planet Cybermen. Mm, yeah, yeah.
2: Especially with the moon I think,
1: boots. I think this makes the Tenth Planet a better story. I yeah. think I'd watch the Tenth Planet with the memory of this, mm. and I think it connects quite nicely to that.
0: Well, and it does that thing, and it does it really quietly and under the radar, and that it makes sense of some of the nonsensical things yeah. in the Tenth yeah. Planet.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, there was a rumour before the series started that you were going to see all the different generations of Cybermen from the past of Doctor Who. I suspect that was somebody seeing a photograph of Tenth Planet Cybermen and... Moffat Cybermen and mm. putting two and two together and thinking he was doing an asylum of the Daleks. Yeah. So I don't know whether there's any truth in that rumour. I suspect we see, not. We
2: might see a sneaky peek.
0: Yeah, you um, may get this is what I'm thinking now call, is you might get click through little, some
2: scanners and they'll see them.
0: Yeah, something like that maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Which is a
2: nice idea. Mm, yeah? yeah. Well it certainly fits.
0: If if that's what's happening. That the 10th Planet Cybermen go up and the ones down below yeah. keep adapting until they become mm-hmm. modern men, it would fit that idea mm-hmm. we don't know that's what's happening it's entirely possible that modern men get brought in by the Master from outside because whatever's going on with the Mondo's, I don't know there are all sorts of possibilities but yeah the, if Stephen Moffat's doing a, a story about a ship where one end is in a different field of time than the other end then it's presumably not going to stop at just the explanation Presumably that's the whole story is going to be reliant on that.
3: Mm.
0: And probably the way it ends will rely on that in some ways as well. Like, like I say, in the angels two parter, the way the story ends relies on what the ship is. Mm. Mm. So, you know, that's again a theme that's in Moffat's work. we got anything else to bring up before we go? No.
2: Um, yeah. New director for the one silo movie. <clears throat> oh God! Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Why not? Why not? We, do we obviously did see my f- post on yeah, Facebook. Did. I did very briefly, and I was going to say I, I think it's a good choice. Yeah. Well, I I agree. It kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. Oh,
0: I think he makes sense. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a bad choice. No. I just I find his films very. Lacking in something, there's a quality. You know, you know what kind of films you like, and you know what kind of films you don't
2: like. Well, got back catalogue, we've got Backdraft. What else we got? Sp- um, not Splash, Cocoon. We've Cocoon. got
0: more Polo recently 13. Rush, Color Thirteen, so I think, tv I
1: think the point about Ron Howard, yes, he doesn't have a particular like distinctive style. <laughs>
2: did you
0: do it? you do How the Duck?
1: Yes. Uh, no. Oh no no no. He no, did was...
0: Willow. Sorry. Yeah.
2: A oh, Willow.
1: So he doesn't have a particular distinctive style. I couldn't I couldn't watch a Ron Howard movie and say that's a Ron Howard movie. But I think actually that's one of his strengths as a director, is he's completely different. He can adapt to any genre um, so he can do I wouldn't watch Angels and Demons or the Da Vinci Code and think this is the same person that did Rush or the same person that did Cocoon. He's just constantly adapting his directorial style to suit I... whatever story he's saying. And with this, but the to, story is there, Half, more than half the movie is already there. God.
2: So he's the perfect choice. Joy, no no tenths of it, so yeah. he can. So he's kind he's, of the perfect He's only coming choice.
0: in to do the last three weeks.
2: Yeah. I know what you're saying there, Jr. That, I mean, there is a certain lack of identity to his films. He's,
0: to me, he's like Ron Jones or Peter Moffat from 1980s Doctor Who. <laughs>
2: Except his films are
0: always really well yeah. put together. I mean...
2: He go to... Uh, Truman Show, funny enough, I thought. Yeah, really? and Apollo, yeah. God, Apollo God. thirteen. I, thought I remember TV seeing them because they came out quite close to each other, didn't they? Well, TV
0: was about and, six months after. Yeah, and know.
1: Rush. Rush has a lot of sort of action car chase sequences, mm. and is a is a biopic, and he does the biopic really well. He does the car chases really well. Apollo thirteen, the special effects are notoriously outstanding. I mean, they're they're really outstanding, mm. and also the sense of drama, Cocoon. Mm. I mean, I'm not a big fan of, of like his early movies,
2: mm. but then, I'm, I'm but then not we, well, oh, he proved stars. he could do Star Wars. Yeah, he can do, he
1: can do fantasy. Mm. I That's, don't I don't think
2: he would be the strongest of Star Wars movies.
1: No, but I mean me. he's not going to go down in history as being the greatest director ever. Whoever whoever ran a camera. <laughs> And you can yeah. tell, so it's not, he's not Spielberg, you can tell Spielberg. Equally, I, I understand Spielberg. the decision they
2: made because the directors, I don't know if you heard, it was to do with how they were treating the Han Solo character. were—I th- My hunch is that it was too comedic and it was too. Well, some, one of the
0: things said that they were making him like Ace Ventura, and then another one used the expression screwball comedy. Now, so maybe they were
1: going Guardians of the Galaxy.
2: Well, have you seen the it. Ba- it didn't they do the Lego Batman movie? I know
1: they did the Lego they movie. They did the Lego movie. I yeah. they,
0: they did do the Batman, Batman one, one as well. No, I don't think so. I could be wrong. It's that's a
2: cracking film. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, because they'd have been on... They did um, 21 and 22 Jump Street. Okay. So I don't think, I think the Lego Batman movie would be somebody else. mm mm-hmm. But then... So at the time I posted that, I didn't realise they'd already filmed for five months and only had three weeks left. Mm. Which, uh, mm. well, that just seems like an insane decision then to sack the directors. Have they been with
2: they filming only... I thought they'd only done...
0: Well, so it's pre-
1: potentially so they'll, they'll have factored in reshoots. So yeah, they'll always do that. Got... And, it's, and it's in the editing. I mean, it's in a um, way... Yeah, it's, if you look at what they do with Rogue together.
2: One, Rogue One's far more uh, altered yeah. right, in its final stages than you Yeah, they make for. they
1: make it darker, don't they? And maybe that's what they're yeah. going for these for these standalone yes. Star Wars movies. Maybe they're going for dark and they're going for a slight degree of grit. Mm. And maybe the original ones I mean, Han Solo is yeah, a comedy, I, yeah, a comedy character. They, There's nothing dark about Han
2: Solo. He oh, is, because it, I think they, they want to accentuate how he's essentially self-serving and quite selfish, certainly yeah, in his earlier stages. I mean, the, it's I, the Star Wars always, films where we see him change. But I yeah. think...
1: But that's always been his, his, a sort of a comic aspect to his character. Yeah, absolutely. His selfishness Yeah, yeah I mean, And, his,
0: one that yeah. Agree and the I best, thought, the, yeah. to me, the point with the side movies was that they wouldn't be dark and gritty, but that they'd be different things. From each other as yeah. well as well, from Star Wars. Yeah. So the first one could be dark and gritty yeah. and the second one could be a screwball comedy. But the, they ca- they gave the guys who made the Lego movie the job of doing the Han Solo movie. I know, what you yeah. They must have looked at that movie and known what they were going to get. So they that must have been their intention from the start was that it would be a comic movie, at least to a degree. They kind of... You don't go, oh, I want something really dark and gritty. Well, what will we get then? Oh, I know. You saw that Lego movie, didn't well, what you? What
1: else have they done? What What else have they done? 21
0: and 22 Jump Street, and that's it. And what sort of tone is that? Oh, no. They did um, Clad with a Chance of Meatballs.
2: Okay. Which is a stunning movie. But, it, but again, again,
0: it's not huge dark gritty. Yeah. yeah, but I mean,
2: well... But there, yeah. there seems to be a disconnection between the writing, because there's Lawrence Kasdan, I think, is. Main, the main one with the problem with it right. know, as much as he's written it in a certain tone okay. which is completely at odds with what they're doing Yeah, with but it. look
0: at Lawrence Kasdan his movies before he did um, Empire Strikes Back mm. and he was doing comedies mm. Mm. but then um, I think it's always a mistake to
1: to assume that directors are, are going to go down a certain route I mean the guy that wrote The Exorcist Wrote screwball comedies. The yeah, Exorcist but what I'm is saying his is, first non-screwball comedy, and it's The Exorcist. But what I'm saying is, so if so... you
0: wanted it to be dark and grey, yeah, the guys who did the Lego movie wouldn't be your choice. There's plenty but... of other people out there who could have done it.
2: What sort of tone is Twenty One Jump Street?
0: I don't know because I don't com- know that it's, it's comedic. Yeah, it is comedic. It is comedic,
1: but maybe they can demonstrate they they can do action and they can deal with CGI. And so, to get, to do something dark and gritty isn't is isn't. the harder thing. Is to do comedy. Right. So that's, the, that's the, the, greatest, no the greatest, the greatest skill. Course. He would, he would, have made, <laughs> he would make an, unbel- an unbelievable Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would have been unbelievable. But he wouldn't do it because he's gone down his own his own path. But with things like Batman, but they prove it in some ways. In some ways, doing the Lego Movie and doing Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and doing Twenty One Jump Street. Have proved that they're highly skilled directors mm. because doing comedy is harder than doing drama. Mm. Generally, well, you have to get—it's got to work, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you yeah, you have to elicit a particular emotion; otherwise, the film is completely failed. If the mm. comedy isn't funny, mm. then you have failed. If a drama,
2: you've got to hit the beats in a way that
1: drama, a drama just doesn't have to be no, so. No. But
0: what I'm saying is, they didn't bring him on to make a dark and gritty movie. No, no, you saying. they brought them on to make a not an out. An out comedy, mm. but they brought them in to make a funny film. Well, the bigger question is, well, why did they wait until this point?
1: Yes, that's what directors? I'm saying. Un- unless they're starting to have conversations about the way the film's edited, at which point, well, this is at which point you shoot you shoot the complete. And Andy Robinson would be better to talk about this, but you shoot the whole film, and you basically shoot a film as a kind of a as a kind of a huge amount of. Raw footage, and it's the way that it's edited together. That's where you get the tone from quite often. And so maybe the, their preparations for the editing—that's where they start saying, "We want to edit it no, this way." No, what and happened then back was
0: up. the guy who plays Han Solo complained, right, to um, one of the execs. Yeah, and the exec said, "Oh, we've just been well. This is this was what was said about it, right that The guy who plays Han Solo complained to one of the execs. The exec said, oh, we've just been letting them get on with it. Mm. And then said, nine tenths of the way into the shoot. Mm. Oh, let's put some of the rushes together into an edit and see how it's looking. Right. And then said, no, I don't like the tone of this. Let's get rid of them. Yeah. That, if that's true, if that is the sequence of events, that beggars belief, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, to the point where I don't quite believe that.
0: No, but that's, that was yeah. the story that was given out today as we speak. It right. be not today mm. by the time.
2: Okay. I find it fascinating, all, all, all opinions aside, I find it fascinating that a film can be affected in that way, that late in the state. I mean, we, we, well, we're got talking a... about Joss Whedon taking over on the... Um, Zack Snyder film. And the Zack Snyder film, but
0: yeah. Disney money, Lucasfilm, mm. millions... Potentially billions <laughs> in take of dollars. You've got to think that they start assembling things yeah. as they're going, so they can see how things are going. On, the, on alternatively, it's almost
1: it's almost director proof because it's it's a particular they know it's going to be successful. So if any film's not in trouble by changing the director halfway through, it would be a Star Wars movie because they almost. Snap into place automatically, mm.
0: which is why it seems strange that I don't know what what they say. It was they were actually four months filming with three weeks left, and this what, has happened.
1: Yeah, that's what Andy Robinson said on Facebook.
0: Yeah, so which so just if if it snaps into place, let the guys who've done well fifteen weeks, yeah, twenty weeks, do yeah, another three.
1: Yeah, but the three weeks filming isn't the end, is it? I mean. No, that's but everything months after that's months post and months of directing. Maybe they got
2: the fear. Maybe, they, maybe it was just that step too far of being quite frivolous, yeah. and they thought, "Well, people." This but then isn't the get the we wanted.
0: get the film in the can and do the post production. Because mm. on a Star Wars movie, the director's got much less post production duties than he does on a movie of his own. It's post production is done by the studio, isn't it? On the Star Wars, I don't know. I don't know how it worked.
1: I'd imagine, though, that I mean, looking at J.J. J. Abrams and his style on Star Trek and his style on Star Wars, I'd imagine he had quite a close hand. Not that close, not as close as he had on Star Trek. Well, no, he, but, um, well, possibly. I mean, I, I think you can still see J.J. J. Abrams in Star Wars, but he purposely yeah. made it different from Star Trek, because otherwise you you could tell. But that's still... That's still, and they're all trying to sort of nostalgically mimic Lucas. Yeah, the good bits so about it seems. It's not the whole right, dialogue story.
0: But you can't disagree that Lucasfilm are going to have executive producers more involved in post-production.
1: Oh, than... well, yeah. I was expected the executive producer to be involved in the whole, the thing. whole thing. That's why I'm quite surprised.
0: Well, the whole oh. thing is quite surprising. Yeah, I mean, the biggest surprise is the amount of time that's gone Yes, mm. yeah. compared to how much time was left. Yeah, because now you've got to bring somebody out You've got to shut the production down for a couple of weeks while he gets up to speed with what's happening.
2: Get all the actors back.
0: Yeah, I did, I'm sure I read somewhere that they're not cast, back. I that they're so. not back filming now. This last three weeks until July, hmm. and then they'd already set aside five weeks for you know, pickups and reshoots and yeah. stuff. So all the actors were already engaged for another five weeks after the filming was Mm. supposed to have Mm. finished. But now that five weeks is eaten into by two weeks of the two weeks that they've lost or whatever. I don't know, I'm just you know, putting this together in my head but Mm. I don't know, it's like it just seems like an utterly bizarre thing to do at that stage, doesn't Mm. it?
2: Who knows?
0: But yeah, on the point of Ron Howard, it's like uh, on Ron Howard he's the kind of guy that Not only would I not have a single one of his films in my top twenty films of all time, I can't imagine any one of his films being in anybody's top twenty of all time. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like I I, I don't dislike any of his films. No, I think all of his films are quite good. Yeah, but they're just not. There's not a single one that strikes you over the head. It's
2: that old phrase, "A safe pair of hands," isn't it? mm. I think a lot of people, you know, might feel that about Chris Chibnall.
0: Yeah, probably do. I think, but the the difference there, obviously, being Broadchurch, yeah, is it was a it was a risk, and it became a phenomenon, mm. and so that's what you. Who knows? Who that's knows? what you buy, is Because
2: interesting, just before we started recording, I was talking about um, recently watching Tank Girl, and you look at Tank Girl, and then you look at this latest episode, and you think, wow.
0: Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's, I I haven't seen Tang since it came out. No. I can't even really remember what it looked like. But
2: mm. I it's know. that whole early album thing. You get some bands where the early albums really are quite rough around the edges. Think about early uh, Underworld. Early Underworld is just atrocious. I have no and idea. An, what a genius, buddy! Who's <laughs> so <laughs> Underworld? Is it's that Kate Beckinsale movie series.
0: It's Doctor Who. It's a Doctor, hey, who. Hey, it's hey. A
2: Doctor hey. who story. <laughs> Born Slippy. <laughs> it's what the famous? One. Born Slippy from Train Spotting. Are you flirting
1: with me? <laughs> <laughs> I've had right. train spotting and I vaguely recognised the song
0: Bald and yes. Sippy. Lager, 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 lager. That's the one. Lovely. Yeah. On that note, then let's go away and come back in a week and talk about the Doctor Falls. Okay. All right. Then until then, I was JR. I was Matt. I was Simon. And we'll speak again soon.